I have never felt good while or after exercise. Don't I feel good after exercise? No. I've talked about this before. I had a friend uh, back in the day named Dane and he loved exercising to the extent where like he super muscular dude went from just a regular guy uh, to like just, uh, ballooned out muscles ever like like entering the, into weightlifting competitions and uh, 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 what do they call the stuff that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in or whatever you know it's a uh, bodybuilding competitions that's right and he would say to me Matt I never feel more alive than after I finish exercising I love the, the feel of exercising and afterwards. And I'm just like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have been to the gym endless times in my life. I used to go like like every day, maybe every second day for half an hour, whatever, do some cardio, lift some weights, whatever. And I never, at a single point in that entire time, felt good. Not even once. I'm sure that's a lie. Surely it must be at some point in time. But like, the, the only time would be like the satisfaction of... Uh, believing myself to be doing something healthy, you know, that sense of yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing good here, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing here, making myself look better and you know, helping myself in the long term and stuff. I, I don't really get a, a thrill or whatever out of the actual exercising. Maybe my brain doesn't release enough of those chemicals in the right places, but I've only ever looked upon exercise as a burden. Although, like I, I have enjoyed the exercise of like playing a game, like soccer and stuff. Like, I played a lot of uh, sport when I was a kid, and I enjoyed that. I don't know how much of that was the actual exercise, or if it was just, uh, like, the, the running around playing a game with friends, you know? All that I know is, clearly whatever feelings I feel while exercising, they do not uh, bring about within me a desire to exercise further. There is a condition where some people just don't get dopamine from exercising. Maybe that's me. I mean, most people avoid doing exercise. So, I imagine for most people, uh, the feelings that they get are more negative than positive. Certainly when you haven't done exercise for quite a long time, uh, there's a lot of pain and uh, frustration that you can't do the exercise that you want to do. And maybe that is enough of an impediment for most people to not get to that point where you can consistently get good feelings while exercising, I don't know. Online political discourse is trash. I tweeted out something yesterday where I was like, I would really hate to depend upon online political discourse for anything. It is the last thing I'd want to depend on, like for my well-being in society or something, or uh, you know, my livelihood or whatever, like if I directly get money from such conversations or such discourse. I would hate that because so much of this discourse seems just to exist for self-aggrandizement. It's not how can we best achieve X, it's what is the narrative that best makes me feel superior and feel like I matter more than other people. I'm not gonna tell you the context of how, why I, I, I felt like tweeting that, but I unfollowed, like, I didn't follow that many political people, but I unfollowed half a dozen, because I'm just like, I am so sick of all these people who spend most of their time whining on Twitter with no actual practical idea of how they want to achieve any of their end goals. And their main criticism is just how much can I, how can I write something that makes other people tell me that I'm fucking awesome and this other people, or this other person or other people fucking suck. I don't know if that sounds elitist making these, uh, these statements, but it's just so toxic and terrible to look at, you know? It, it shows that I'm in a privileged position in that I have the, I, I have the ability to either just say I'm not interested in politics or not. Because I'm doing well in society and like a, the, 
I'm not a mo moments away or uh, uh, from destitution or whatever. And I pity such people. I want to help such people, but it just, it's just so toxic. I have to limit a little bit more, I think, my engagement with it, because it's just awful. The history of chiropractors. Thought of going to a chiropractor? Uh, I went to a chiropractor for a very, very long time. All it did was alleviate my pain somewhat. Because uh, I, I don't think I have it now. I had mild scoliosis or something when I was younger. Um, I, my experience with chiropractors has made me lean more in favor of the narrative that you may sometimes see online that chiropractors aren't real doctors. Like, they're, they're not physiotherapists. The credentials that you need to be a chiropractor is far, far lower than you need to be an actual medical professional. Chiropracty uh, started as like a, a true, absolute pseudoscience where you can cure anything by manipulating the spine. These days, the extent of the legitimacy of chiropractic care in your particular region will vary whether chiropractic care will just be physiotherapy or will mainly just be massage or something but it's not something that i'm ever going to be comfortable going to again uh, i can't be sure that anything they did really went beyond a massage and placebo effect because they certainly never fixed my issue interestingly my pain went away when I stopped going to the chiropractor for a long time. Look it up yourself if you like, you know, make your own choices. If, it, if they're helping you, that's, that's good. And you've got one of the good ones, but it's not. Like if I were to seek help, I would seek out a physiotherapist. The re I think the reason why people don't like physiotherapists as much as chiropractors, like in, in my experience, because again, it, your mileage may vary wherever you're from. Uh, like when I went to a physiotherapist once, they gave me exercises for me to do myself. They're like, I can help you a bit, but you gotta help yourself. My chiropractor uh, was not really that way. So yeah, just come in every couple of weeks, whatever. We'll sort you out, you know. Yeah, but even in those cases, Atox, I'm pretty sure the credentials you need are far lower. But anyway, as I say, it, it could be different where you're from. Am I addicted to fast food? Would I consider myself addicted to fast food? I can definitely go periods without having it. It's just my body clearly craves it and I clearly have a lot of memories enjoying eating it. So it is hard to not have any for long periods of time because I don't like a lot of food. I don't like making food. I don't like the food that I make. I don't like the cleanup of making food. Like everything about eating and making food and even delivery, whatever. I hate it all. I hate food. And you're like, hey, how about you spend 10 times the effort to make yourself something that you're going to enjoy half as much and will fill you up half as much? And it's just like, well, that seems like a terrible thing to do. Why would I ever do that? And the answer is, well, you know, long-term health and not looking like a pile of shit. And in the moments of your body craving those chemicals, it's hard for you to override your emotional need for this food and to say, we should think about the long-term ramifications of our actions, you know? As I've said before, I'm kind of in that camp of consciously where we're, we're just kind of we're here for the ride in regards to our emotions. Like our emotions drive us to do shit and we can kind of steer a little bit with our consciousness. But the main driver in most situations I, I consider to be uh, our emotional impulses. And uh, they're hard sometimes to be like, fuck off. We need to go right instead of left or whatever away from uh, the fast food.
My limited preferences for food. Have you ever tried uh, Italian food that isn't pizza? I don't even know what Italian food is. Like, I mean, I've had like pastas and stuff. And I'm not a person who has been to uh, like a heap of restaurants and stuff. And even when I've been to restaurants in my younger years or family gatherings or whatever, I uh, like it always order something mundane. And I got the honey chicken or the Caesar salad or just give me a chicken burger. I don't know, you know. My father always said to me that I needed to find myself a, a woman that I'm compatible with, but that has, you know, different tastes to me. And so forced me to get out of my comfort zone and uh, try new things. I'm far less averse to trying new things as I may have been in the past, right? Like I'll occasionally just order something random from, uh, like recently I ordered some Chinese food and I bought, I ordered myself a, a prawn omelette or whatever. And as is often the case, it was terrible because it contained 80% onion. And like, it's an exaggeration, but it was just so much onion. I try not to let these failures dissuade me from trying new food because, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's just many experiences out there that I'm, uh, I'm missing out on because I'm just not trying them, you know? I don't want to reach the end of my life and to think to myself, man, there's so much stuff that I could have tried or done, you know? And certainly I'm in a privileged position where the consequences of, you know, me not liking a particular meal or me spending money to try something or go somewhere or something like it's not gonna massively disadvantage me or, or affect my life significantly not everyone's in that kind of uh, situation like certainly when i was uh, less well off uh, one of the things that did dissuade me from trying new food it's like well if i don't like this food that's like 10 bucks wasted that's that's 10 bucks i need for stuff can always go back to that like you know they say money doesn't buy happiness but it, uh, it is certainly correlated with happiness in every study that's ever been done. And it does enable you to seek out the things that actually give you happiness without uh, suffering negative consequences for failing to find it, you know? Detecting colorblindness. Am I colorblind? No. My father is a little bit, I think. Well, I, okay, I've never seen any evidence that is suggestive that I'm colorblind. Is colorblindness detectable? outside of, uh, like, subjective experience? As in, like, can you go to the doctor or an optometrist and they can look at your eyes and say, oh, yeah, I think you've got some colorblindness there, my dude. Let me test you on that colorblindness thing here to confirm. Like, y you have to notice it yourself, right? And then you can go do tests and then they'll tell you if you're colorblind. Here's an online test. Yeah, but you, you have to identify, so you have to identify that you're having a problem first. It can't be detected. Like with a, a general checkup and an optometrist or whatever. So it can be detected? Like, I know that a test can confirm it, but I wouldn't know if it, it can be incident, like, it can be d detected tangentially. Like, a, an optometrist can look at your eye and see, yeah, you got some colorblindness there. Is there a, is, a, is it physically represented in an obvious way? No. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, 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 I think it's the case. Because I just mean that it's possible that there's people out there who are colorblind right now. But if, maybe it's only in a slight way, or they've just never been in that particular situation where they say that's red and someone else says, no, 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 that's, that's green, what are you talking about? I suppose this, this kind of stuff you'd probably detect pretty early, right? Like kindergarten or something, I, I don't know. Never really thought about it, I suppose. We all see colors slightly differently. I don't see why that wouldn't be true. I've, it's not something I've ever, ever really thought about. But it's a hue test where you have to rearrange Colors from red to purple in the correct order, and if you can't, you got colorblindness. Okay. Sea Dog VA Ramen Conspiracy. Let me tell you a small conspiracy. It's so not true. 
I don't watch Connor's from Trash Taste. I don't watch his YouTube channel. I've, I've clicked an occasional video that's got kind of recommended to me. I don't really watch it, right? And I saw get recommended to me yesterday Connor's video where he's like trying every type of ramen or trying 50 types of ramen or whatever it was. And I was like, wasn't that the idea that I had that I never ended up doing that got into my rambles? And I'm like, wait a second. Wasn't there that trash taste episode where Connor referenced dense motherfucker in, and, and kind of said it the same way that I do as my meme? What if Connor saw my rambles I talked about the ramen thing and so he did, <laughs> he decided to do it himself? Nah, there's absolutely no fucking chance of that. But I'm like, you can see how you can make connections if you're really keen to. All of it's probably coincidence. And certainly I was never going to do the thing anyway. And certainly I wasn't the person to originally think, hey, let's try a bunch of different food. That idea is so fucking common. You can guarantee that I am not an original fucking snowflake and Connor's just like, hey, I should do an eating thing where I eat a bunch of ramen. <laughs> but when I saw it, I'm like, what if? What if? <laughs> yeah, Sea Dog VA for those who don't know him, yeah. I actually went back to try to find where he uh, he talked about... Because the, the conversation, as I mentioned before, it was in one of the Trash Davis episodes where someone said dense. He's like... And Connor's like, dense always comes off, off to me now like a, it's really visceral, like it's, you know, dense motherfucker. And again, could it be a coincidence, but it's funny. But it's just, I've, I've reached that level where... It doesn't surprise me now if a person has been recommended one of my clips. Because it gets they get recommended like 300 million times a month or something. I rarely think that people know of my content or watch me regularly. But uh, it doesn't surprise me when um, people have tangentially heard of me or happen to have seen a clip or something, you know. That's what happens when you throw 2,600 videos of yourself on YouTube over the course of three months. My soft drink progression. Yeah, once upon a time when I was a itty bitty content creator, I was like, uh, yeah, I buy myself uh, two liter bottles because it's uh, the cheapest way you can get soft drink. And slowly over time, I moved up to, uh, you know, being willing to get some smaller bottles sometimes, liter bottles. Then I moved into getting cans. And now on rare occasions, I actually uh, allow myself to buy uh, glass bottles. Not very frequently, mind you, because it's... Uh, extravagant purchase but glass soft drink definitely tastes better than a uh, soft drink in either what is it aluminium or uh, plastic that's why when you go to fancy restaurants they give you glass bottles of coke <laughs> weird flex yeah i'll invite a chick over and not so subtly open my fridge and show that i have line after line of glass bottles of coke panties immediately hit the floor <laughs> Can you tell that I do well with women? Can you tell? <laughs> do I have friends? Do I have friends? No. I have people I'm friendly with online who I enjoy seeing, but I don't have like people that I'd be comfortable calling to help me move a couch. Probably comfortable calling and being like, hey, let's just see, go see a movie. Yeah, I'm kind of bored, you know? I do know people who legitimately would be happy with me succeeding or achieving something or whatever. But yeah, it's not the same thing as a person, you know. You call on the phone, you know. I'm happy to know the nice people that I do online, though. I'm not complaining. I want Twitch to compete with YouTube more directly. 
Is there a feature that I specifically want Twitch to implement? Yes, uh, 12k bitrate. I want Twitch to implement a 12k bitrate so that I can do t like actual 1080p, so that high motion games can look good in 1080p. But I recognize why they don't, because for the vast majority of audience, they probably aren't gonna notice. It's not like it's gonna likely bring in new people or whatever, but it would make all the footage that comes from this platform looks so much better. Because I don't think you need to go beyond 12k. I think 12k is actually the sweet spot in regards to content. 12k bitrate, 1080p. Um, other than that, the only other things I'd want Twitch to do are like really big. As in like, I want them to directly try to compete with YouTube for edited content. Which Twitch doesn't seem like they're gonna do. Like if there is any company that could compete with Google and it's you know, it's, it's endless pockets of money. It's Amazon, right? The only hope we could ever really have for a competitor to YouTube is probably Amazon and Twitch. But it's probably not going to happen. Well, Amazon does seem to be caring more about ads and advertisement and stuff and making that uh, a part of the, the money that they make and whatnot. It's clearly still a, a much smaller focus than uh, Google. I feel like they don't have the base for that, like YouTube had the base for live streaming. Absolutely, that it is certainly the case that YouTube has an easier time making live streaming while having all the viewers watching edited content, as opposed to Twitch moving to edited content or whatever. But, uh, I mean, if there's any company that can do it, it would be Twitch. But the investment of money would need to be extraordinary, right? I wonder, like... For, so when a person moves platform as a live streamer, they take something like 5 to 20% of the audience. At least that's what the historical precedent says. Certainly if you're a smaller content creator, maybe you'd, you'd take more, but like the really large ones, like the truly dedicated fan base, especially when you can't talk the chat and build those like personal relationships or whatever with your individual viewers, you take like 5 to 20% if you move. I wonder what the percentage would be for an edited content creator. As in, if a person moved from YouTube to Twitch specifically for edited content, I wonder what percentage, like what uh, their viewer numbers would look like. Because it, it, it feels as though, like, individual live streamers are more replaceable, but individual, like, series or types of content on YouTube are less so. Like, sure, you like me playing GTA 5, but you can find other people playing GTA 5. I mean... Are there any really 100% original YouTube content creators anymore? Because it seems as though if you get successful as a YouTube content creator, immediately uh, there's going to be copycats. Whether it be in your language or at the very least in other languages, you know. There's Mr. Beast, there's a half a dozen Mr. Beast copycats in different languages and stuff. And I don't know. Because like the most unique thing that you can have in your content on YouTube is your personality. Because you each one of us has um, a unique set of experiences that shape us to be who we are, and there's no exact same person. Uh, although there can be people who, um, in the ways that matter, are effectively the same as you to the extent that um, uh, you you would be replaced in that regard. But that's a hard thing to find. Like it's hard, it's a hard thing to find exact same personality somewhere else, right? But like live streamers. If, if, if the personality-driven live streamers can only take 5 to 20%, if indeed the only thing that isn't replaceable about YouTube content is the personalities that do them, then it's hard to imagine that they do better than 5 to 20% if they moved to Twitch to do um, edited content. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it's been an interesting thing to one day see.
Ludwig Subathon is really impressive. 48 hour stream. Is Ludwig doing that currently? I saw him live when I was starting. He's doing a 50 bajillion hour stream or something. The more subs he get, the longer it goes on for or something. And he, he sleeps on stream. No. He, he had a plan for it. I saw his YouTube video. Oh, uncapped subathon on Sunday. Ah, I see. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like, you understand, guys. Streaming is more taxing than just sitting at your PC all day. Like, sitting at your PC all day is, in general, like, pretty uncomfortable, even when you're just chilling and just playing a video game or some shit like that. But streaming, knowing that you can't leave or whatever, and, like, like sleeping on stream, then waking up, like, you'd feel like shit. Like, normally, you got to kind of ease your way in, wake up, have a shower, eat something, then get into stream. But you just start that shit immediately again. It's, 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 it'd be hell for him, dude. I'm not sure what you would have to pay me to do a 48-hour stream, but it's a very large amount of money. No, we're, we're talking at least $100,000, guys. Like, to destroy me physically. That would just destroy me physically for like a month. I got enough problems, you know, feeling energized for like, like a, just a general day. My internet speeds and cost. How fast is my internet? Um, one gigabit down, 400 up and they pay uh, $416 a month. There are plans that are more affordable. Like if you just want a gigabit down and 20 up, I think the price is like 200 bucks. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's far, far lower. I'm, I'm paying a huge premium for the upload. Yes, 400 up. But yes, the, the internet situation in Australia is uh, very stupid. Can blame the coalition, unfortunately. But what can you do? At least I had the luxury of being able to move for good internet. Why did I have to hurt Mudahar's feelings? Why did I have to hurt Mudahar's feelings by insulting him? I, I am sincere. I did not expect to. Because despite what he believes, I do know him to a degree. I didn't expect him to get that down. But I don't think it was the mean words. I, I don't think little of his intelligence. I'm sure he knows the degree to which he, he misrepresented things in his first video. But I'm, I'm sure he's laid himself enough uh, rational justifications inside his mind that he doesn't feel the full weight of it. Uh, but statements in his second video clearly showed that he did shift in his opinion. I mean, he called himself an idiot like six times inadvertently. I went kind of ravenous on him. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that people can rightly criticize me that my goal when I make those videos is very rarely to change the mind of the original content creator. Very rarely. Like, I'm sure, I, I, I can't imagine Mudahar's the kind of guy to respond to DMs. Like, he didn't respond to them after I made the video. But had I been in a situation where I was more interested in educating Mudahar than I was in educating viewers, I would just contact him personally. All I care about is that people uh, get that counter message and I enjoy myself and it's kind of funny. And I think all three of those videos are funny, educational, and I'm pretty sure my viewers at the very least will learn something from it. Mudahar can be wrong as much as he wants. Uh, and he clearly wants to be. Uh, wrong, but uh, if I can make something educational, fun, you know, and that I can be proud of, you know, why not do it, you know? Oh, and I, and, unless of course he actually wants to talk to me, which I'm, I'm fairly confident we won't. Like, he looked very sad in that video, but um, I mean, can you imagine doing a response video where you have to talk for 16 minutes 
about completely irrelevant things, just to buffer your audience enough from the other guy's words. And then when the other guy speaks, you you jack up his gain so much that no one will want, will want to actually listen and they say skip by it. I mean, he, he couldn't have worked harder to prevent his audience from actually hearing a single word out of my mouth. Like, you, you don't do that unless you're feeling really insecure. Sometimes doing what I feel like isn't the smart thing to do. I've said many times, guys, criticizing other content creators, calling them out when they're wrong and stuff, it's, uh, it's never very productive to do as a content creator. It's fun, though. Response video tactics. Do you feel good about yourself when you made the video about Musa? Ah! Uh, I much prefer to write essays, as in, like, Towards the goal of having as many people watch those videos, po videos as possible, didn't achieve that goal because I, I cut corners, I didn't re-record stuff. I know I misspoke in some parts or flubbed a word or something, I just kept it in. Uh, but listening back to it, I really like it. There is a heap of videos. Now I'd say there's four or five videos uh, that I've unlisted or privated that I'm really proud of. Like I, I think they're very, very good videos but they represent a, a long-term ability for them to bite me in the ass somehow. These videos I've made about Mudahar are not tactical. They are, they are absent of tactics. In terms of uh, me growing as a content creator on this platform, those videos are the worst possible videos that I could have made. But in terms of enjoying myself, educating people, uh, it, it did those at least reasonably well, at least my audience reasonably well. At least some additional portion of people are gonna Next time Mudahar's talking out of his ass about something he doesn't understand, he, he, people will second-guess him a little bit. Um, it's not as though Mudahar's takes are always bad. At least a, a handful more people might know that he occasionally makes mistakes. It's just unfortunate that he just wouldn't admit it to him in the video. Because I, I, he has to know. There's no way that he could go that far from his original positions and not have some awareness that he's doing so. There's no way he can <laughs> ramble for 20 minutes before looking at a single frame by video without knowing that he's doing something a bit weird, you know? <laughs> I wonder how many days I could go without eating. Happy birthday, Fat Matt. I did avoid eating for like, having not eaten for 30 hours, I uh, treated myself to a fuck tongue of Hunger Jacks. And then I will hopefully not eat anything else for the rest of the day. I wonder how many days I could go without eating. Like if there was a sufficient incentive, as in like someone said, hey, look, a million dollars you don't eat for seven days. Like I would love to have, I mean, not love, but it would be interesting to have that kind of uh, test of willpower, you know? Because at the end of the day, whenever I try to avoid fast food or whatever, in my head, I'm like, who, the, like, who am I trying to impress? You guys don't particularly care if I'm, you know, five kilos more overweight. I'm actually hoping that by starting to do online dating or whatever, uh, attempting to get back into the dating pool, as the kids would say. It's not what kids would say, but <laughs> I, um, uh, I'll actually have some reason to give a shit, you know? It's not like I've just sat around gorging myself on garbage, uh, but clearly there hasn't been enough of incentive for me to avoid it, you know? Does dating suck? Dating is the worst thing ever. As with all pursuits, the end goal can be amazing if you succeed. But the idea of investing so much time and then failing is obviously not very good. Dating is both high risk and high reward. It might be the highest risk, high reward thing you can do. Becoming better able to communicate your emotions. It's funny, I was watching uh, a video recently, I told you about the um, uh, 
a video talking about how to do like small talk well and uh, talking about Joe Rogan and his techniques. This isn't again an endorsement of everything Joe Rogan does. I'm just saying he, he's, he's good with uh, making conversation flows in his, his podcast, right? And one of the things that the video mentioned is don't fake laugh, but let yourself laugh. Like if you find something funny and it tickles you that way, you express that, you know? I've noticed I laugh a lot more than I used to. I wonder how much of that is just me letting myself express my emotions, letting myself communicate how I feel versus like that I'm just a happier person than I was in the past. I'm not sure, maybe both. As may be seen with the uh, Mudaha thing, uh, maybe my willingness to communicate how I feel in the most obvious terms possible, maybe uh, not good for sensitive people, but, but in general, I think it's a good thing. And certainly I, I very much so enjoy uh, not bottling up my emotions, you know? Laughing is really good, not gonna lie. Try it sometime. Do that thing from um, Final Fantasy VII and just laugh at the ocean. Ha 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 ha! Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.